This is Driven by Data, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Driven by Data, the podcast, season two, powered by Orbition Group and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. We're delighted to bring you another season of Driven by Data, the podcast, which boasts even more data analytics and AI thought leaders from across the globe. Our aim remains the same to uncover how some of the most prominent leaders within the data analytics community tackle our industry's most trending topics, told in order to share knowledge, ideas, and experience. And just as in season one, to give back to the global data and analytics community. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Welcome to Driven by Data, the podcast, season two. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Helen Mannion, who is the Global Data Director at Specsavers. So, Helen, thank you very much for joining us. It's really great to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. The pleasure, uh, pleasure all ours. So where we always start, Helen, is by asking our guests to give themselves a, a brief introduction into their background and journey up until this point, if uh, if you'd be so kind. Yeah, um, so um, my, my background is in maths and stats. Um, I left union and went straight into um, a job within data, um, actually building predictive models, which back then was quite an unusual um, team to be joining. And it was um, actually managed by um, an ex-lecturer who was the head of optimization at LSE. Right. Um, so it's a really um, great, actually, team to be in, um, quite forward thinking for the time in terms of data and analytics, um, and actually gave me a really great grounding and and really positioned, I suppose, why I'm still in data and analytics today. Um, but then went through a series of organisations, telcos, financial services, spent quite a long time at um, O2 and Telefonica um, and GIFGAF. Um, and now obviously find myself at Specsavers. Um, uh, and over that time have, have run a couple of different transformation um, programmes around data. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to kind of getting into that and kind of unpacking the the successes that have come from from those kind of transformations. But I guess before we do that, just for anyone that doesn't know, which in the UK, I don't think there'll be anybody, but um, maybe people overseas, we, we are listened to for some reason in a ho- over 100 different countries. So kind of give those people a bit of a steer about Specsavers, what the business is, does, etc. Yeah, so Specsavers... Um are um, an an optometrist and audiology business. Um, They were set up um, over 35 years ago um, by um, Doug and Mary Perkins, um, who were two optometrists. um, And it is still a private business today. Um, It's a a very um, caring business. They really believe and their whole purpose is about changing lives through better sight and hearing. Um, And they're very passionate about doing that. Um, all of their business are a joint venture partnership, um, and they 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 offer a lot of um, I suppose quite different services. Maybe from from a general optometrist, they offer home visits for people who can't make it to stores. They have hospital grade equipment um, in their stores as well, um, and they also run an ophthalmology business, a so more specific. Um, uh, in advanced um, health and eye care, um, but but very much with the purpose of trying to make a difference to people's lives um, through better sight and hearing. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, kind of run, I think still runs today, right? One of the most well-remembered advert slash commercials um, in the world that <laughs> still used as a slogan pretty much in every walk of life, which is uh, which is fascinating. So, um, yes. and where does where does your role sit within the organisation then, Helen? And kind of what have you been tasked with achieving through throughout this journey? Yeah, so I suppose I see my purpose. So I was brought in specifically to run data transformation program. Um, and when I joined Spectre, it was quite an immature data organization. I suppose specifically from my perspective, I would say that um, uh, the purpose of my job job is to um, reach, enable Spectre to reach the full potential that they can through data um, and the impact that it can make and the value that it can drive across the organization. Um, And I think that for me, that consists of enabling others to create value from data, as well as showcasing the value that data can create. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, um, that's perfect. So I guess, there's a lot of noise in the industry, right, about being data driven. And obviously, then you time, you know, the all of these things that have become buzzwords, right, we talk about data transformation, and that's kind of become its own buzzword. But in my opinion, having a very holistic view of the industry, there's very few organizations that seem to have gone on that journey and got it right. Um, so p- paint the picture for us as what you walked into. What was the state of play when you arrived? I think Specsavers would, would say that it was quite an immature data organization. Um, when I joined, um, they historically would have held data um, siloed within stores, um, they, their data team was um, quite small, and I suppose the, the the data team originally was, I suppose, seen as a, a, a team to go to if you wanted a data set, um, and their purpose would be to extract data from source systems um, or from the data lake and give you almost an Excel or CSV file um, would be, um, you know, quite um, no- normal part of their day-to-day um, jobs. Um, and um, I think that um, we obviously wanted to transition to, well, we're still on that journey, I would say, of wanting to transition to sort of more of a best class um, data organisation. I think in the last couple of years, we've, we've probably um, set, set the way in terms of creating a really great data team. And now we've kind of got to create a data organisation going forward. But um, yeah, when, when I joined it, it was um, it, yeah, very, very simple and there was no um, even reporting um, tool within the organisation. So like almost wow. 100% Excel and Access databases, um, very manual um, processes and, and very, very hard to get to, to, get, um, to the information that you want. Uh, I mean, interestingly, sort of in my first couple of months, your task at Specsavers was just going around the organization and really understanding the organization, having lots of conversations. Um, and I would say I sort of came across almost a couple of different personas. You'd kind of get the skeptics who <laughs> who kind of would think, well, I'm not really sure why we need to do anything with our data because we've, we're a successful organization and we do use data today and we use our gut and, and that's kind of works for us. I'm not sure what we need to change. And then you'd get some people that were just utterly despairing. Um, they're generally the analysts in the organization who desperately wanted to do more with data, could see the value that it could drive, um, but but absolutely couldn't get their hands on anything. Yeah. Um, and were just like, I really want it to be better, but I'm not sure you're going to be able to help because it's just too big a task. 
Um, uh, and then you'd have the real advocates that would be like, I know that there's value here. It's great to have you, but I don't want to be in your chair. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it, it was, um, yeah, really interesting range. Uh, I think of different, uh, different groups that I met in those early days when I first joined. Um, and definitely, definitely a big transformation journey to go on. Um, but I think that's what was exciting about joining was the fact the the big impact that that we could make. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, in the line of work we do, right? I think that's probably for data leadership figures worldwide. That's probably one of the biggest drivers to be able to go into an organisation that has the ha- the appetite and maybe the willingness to invest, but kind of almost doesn't know what they don't know and needs someone to kind of steer that ship and uh, and all of that type of good stuff you know about just being able to, to grow something was there a was there a kind of clear parameter by which the the business wanted you to kind of operate and and what they wanted you to achieve because obviously data transformation in its in in the word itself is quite loose right was there kind of or, or was it more a case of can you come in and tell us what we should be doing yeah, I mean, it was it was more the latter, if I'm honest. I had a, a reasonably blank sheet of paper, um, and um, which was the you know brilliant, brilliant, um, if I'm honest, and um, to be able to just form the direction of what we really needed to do, um, and and where where some of the value was for spec savers. Um, and one of the things that we landed on um, initially was clinical reporting, um, which sort of really fits you know very closely with their purpose. Um, uh, and hugely beneficial, and that's um, that's that's been a great project for us actually um, to sort of showcase some of the benefits of data, um, among others, and has um, you know it's been very widely used, obviously as well across across multiple stores. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to jump into that a little bit more, Helen, if I may, because I think um, obviously our industry has probably gone on this journey right where many organizations in my opinion kind of jumped feet first into data analytics because it was the, the cool topic right there's a lot of buzzwords around it a lot of hype and i think my opinion is there was quite a lot of obligation to be seen to be doing this stuff but i think a lot of businesses didn't really understand why they wanted to do it there wasn't much strategy around it and um, and to be honest you know rewind 10 years and many businesses got the strategy in my opinion wrong you know they started to build out data science team they went and bought a bit of tech and they started building models and dashboards and all of this great stuff that could be valuable but the business wasn't pulling in the same in the same direction right so i guess you talked about the first three months really was just you speaking to people understanding the business trying to get to grips with that but how did you identify right this is the piece or this is the starting point that is going to allow us to demonstrate value because I think that's you know I put put something on LinkedIn this morning the post was around you know the landscape is shifting now business leaders have spent an awful lot of money and not always got the return that they were expecting so now it's a case of the the industry is almost being quizzed you know right okay if I give you this what will I get back in return and they want you know kind of a they want a figure they want a digit and and that's easier said than done right so I'm really keen to understand how you landed on that and how that kind of journey unfolded I guess yeah so I suppose um there was obviously really clear evidence that that, that lots of people couldn't get their hands on data and there were lots of manual processes so so enabling the wider organization became um you know a really core part of our strategy um and I think then it then it's really about identifying um different use cases that we that we knew would um uh 
highlight benefits and, and showcase the value that data can do. And, and if I'm if I'm honest in terms of, I suppose, our, our overall strategy and the way that we work within the team, we kind of stick to um, doing things that sit in either of those buckets. So we're either underpin- underpinning the annual plan or um, prioritised projects or things that we think are going to have big impact um, versus um, putting in place solid foundations, um, um, and assets that people can utilize to make their to make their journey in analytics easier. Um, and I suppose the two come together, you know, hopefully create a bit of an exponential increase in, in the use and, of data across the organization and the overall value that it drives. Um, but I do think that um, that finding use cases is quite tricky at times, and it is really about you've got to really understand the business um, and the things that really make that business tick it has to be something that that um, is underpinning sort of either a long-term framework or an annual plan that people are really interested in I think if you're trying to do something that um, ultimately other people are not interested in interested in and isn't driving what they want to do today you kind of find you're pushing water uphill and and it's it becomes really really tough um uh, but I do think as well, you know, you, you talk about I don't I don't ever think that tools are ever your um, golden bullet solution that sometimes they're they're sort of thought thought to be. Um, but at the same time, there's definitely an element of you definitely need some core foundations in place. Um, and, and I think it's a, it's a combination of those two that I think will allow you to sort of leverage the benefits, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I completely agree. I think, um, you know, my the message that I sometimes portray maybe gets a little bit misinterpreted because, you know, I, I guess I give the technology component of, of you know, the, the several pillars of data analytics a bit of a hard time. But, uh, you know, it's not to say that I don't I fully understand that there's a lot of value in it. It's, you know, obviously, in most cases, the vehicle by which we drive all of this stuff forward, but on its own in tandem it doesn't do anything for you you know so and, and i'm constantly raising this type of of point in hoping that you know we can kind of move away from this and i guess back to the earlier point when businesses have gone on this journey they hire people you know bringing a data analytics leader and the mandate is okay well we want to go on this data analytics journey let's build a data platform and then we'll see where we are and then it's you know so i'm kind of sat there banging my head against the table thinking well no wonder we're wasting a lot of money and not looking for ROI because the mandate for that role or journey hasn't been about creating value for the business. It's kind of, you know, it's in siloed pieces that isn't pulling in the same direction, which is really interesting. And I'm really glad that, to hear you kind of <laughs> kind of say, you know, you start with the start with the business and kind of work work backwards, which makes which makes sense. Have there been any kind of pivotal moments in the process over the last three years for you in terms of, you know, things that might be trigger points or where it's just clicked into place and things have started to kind of, you know, snowball, as it were? So um, I think probably that there's definitely been a couple. So the first, I think, is probably we, we completely um, changed our platform. We moved to Microsoft Azure um, and um uh, we did it. We did it within 12 weeks, which is um, a, a bit of a su- su- success story in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that actually, um, as a tool, made it so much easier for people to start to access data, and, and it was so much easier for our teams to be able to operate in that environment. So that that was a massive um, win actually for us to transition. And uh, and although we we probably waited about um, oh goodness, I don't know quite sure, but probably about 
good to eight months before we did that. Actually, now in retrospect, if I'm honest, in hindsight, I've probably done it sooner. Um, but but we maybe didn't appreciate the benefits that we would get from doing that. So that's the first. The second, I think, is undoubtedly the clinical reporting. Um, it's just it's 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 got really good cut through. Um, we're now we're now getting clinical reporting out to all clinicians uh, in the UK. So over six thousand people, and that's that's bigger um, globally. Um, it, it's had um, it's had a really big impact in terms of what what that data is actually driving um, and enabling across the organisation. And um, it's such a, a big part of the organisation and it's um, and what it cares about. It's just been a really good project that's allowed us to showcase the benefits. Um, so that definitely, I think, is a standout standout deliverable from us. And 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 actually, it's um it's one that we've continually updated and improved over the years. Um, uh, we started off. Um, I, I'm a big believer in sort of um, minimal viable products, so you, um, and and then developing, improving. We're still improving it, um, but um, it's completely transitioning. Actually, the way we do reporting in stores. Um, and the third, I would say, is is getting at predictive models. So when I joined, we were very mature, didn't really do any um, predictive analytics. Um, and where it was done, it was probably done as one-off pieces in agencies and external organisations, and then wasn't really able to be productionized. Um, so um, I do think, and then, then, therefore there was, um, uh, you know, quite a lot of, uh, uh, of people who, who I suppose within the organisation were very much like, we need to walk before we can run. Um, we, we just, you know, we just want sort of basic reporting. Um, and actually, I'm a big believer in um, uh, that actually some of these things you can slice off and actually deliver the value from them in their own right, even yeah. though they're quite, uh, they're, even they're a little bit more advanced in their nature. Um, and um, that has actually been, uh, you know, a really good showcase as well. We started to actually build predictive models. And although when you talk about them theoretically to people, um, there wasn't an awful lot of interest when we actually delivered one and we started to show actually how it would be used and the benefits that it could drive. It's actually really accelerated the development of predictive modeling within the organization. So I think that's um, definitely another um, pivotal moment. And I think probably the final one for me is quite recently we've transitioned into away from we used to sit within technology. We now sit within um, the strategic department. And I think um, that is another massive transition, actually, within our transformation journey. I think when we joined, because we didn't really have a particularly um, great platform, we didn't have the solid foundations, um, actually, it made a lot of sense to be sitting within technology. Whereas um, now we're at the point where our biggest um, challenge is probably the cultural change within the organisation uh, and actually devolving the responsibility out to the wider organisation. And therefore, it really makes sense to sit in a strategic function. I think it's um, it's testament, actually, to that journey and, and, and where we're on on it. So um, I think that will be another pivotal moment, really, for our future transformation. That's really interesting. I mean, the amount of conversations that I have on this podcast and just through the, you know, through our day job around, you know, the implications of where a data and analytics organisation sits within an organisation and those reporting structures and, and what that means for them and for the business, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much a constant. Has there been any major differences because i'm com in complete agreement with you you know i think that we we have so many conversations where it's about get as close to the business and the business outcomes as possible right because that allows you to understand the business more you can then start to add value to those outcomes and those objectives etc but has there been for you has there been a noticeable difference between being sat in technology versus being sat strategically it's quite early days uh, at the moment so we're in a new transitioned um 
a month ago. So oh, right, okay. uh, probably too probably too early to say. Um, but I think that I, I do think that it will have a noticeable difference actually um, uh, in terms of the things that we're getting involved with, um, and and um, I suppose the conversations that we're having within the organisation. I think will change a little bit being in that team. So um, I think it's an exciting it's an exciting time for us actually over the next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean that's it's really. It's really good to hear you say, actually, you know, what you've gone on to achieve and what you've managed to do while still being kind of sat under technology, because I guess there's a lot of negative connotations that come with that out in the industry, right? If, you know, sat under tech, how much is it valued and all of that type of stuff. But so it's great to hear you say, well, actually, it can be valued. It can be done. It can work. It's uh, how much how much of this whole kind of cultural adoption piece so you know how much kind of cultural transformation has gone in tandem with the transformation in general yeah a lot I mean I I think that um I think that data transformation is hugely hearts and minds um and cultural change I I do I'm, I'm a big believer actually just in terms of I suppose where you sit in the organization I think fundamentally um I'm not sure um I know there's a lot of negativity about sitting in tech from data perspective but I actually don't think that's necessarily um, uh, a, a bad thing. I think what's more important is the connections and the relationships that you make across the organisation. Don't do think it matters so much where you sit. I think that there's a different angle, and undoubtedly I do think that changing into strategy will have a difference. But I do think that if you're more focused around rather than where you sit, the connections that you make and how solid those connections are and um uh, and um, allowing people to sort of join you on your journey and partake and partnering with different parts of the organisation. Actually, it doesn't really matter um, which part of the organisation I think you ultimately sit in if you're successful at doing that. And I do think with data, it is such a big hearts and minds um, piece. And ultimately, you want to get everybody in your organisation using data. You've got to reach out to every part of the organisation, no matter where you sit. You've got to be. You've got to become a central hub where you're creating value and helping and enabling everybody. Um, and I think so you need those really wide connections. Yeah. And I, and I think that what we've found within our data transformation and one of the things that's actually probably contributed most to our success is the fact that we've got we've built managed to build a lot of different relationships across the organization. And um, we've we've got some really great advocates and enthusiasm around the organisation. A big part of that despairing group, I suppose, initially, really, <laughs> really wants to get involved and, and, and really want to help drive forward that transformation in their own right. And they've been just as much a part of our success as the central data team. And um, Without them, we wouldn't have achieved the amount of success that we've achieved um, and it's that enthusiasm across the organisation um, that's really driven the transformation journey forward. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I guess, you know, you kind of one of your opening lines was, you know, one of the key wins for us was kind of making data more accessible for everybody. Right. So it's obvious that that's been a real focus from the start, which is is kind of great to see, I guess, saying that data transformation is winning hearts and minds and then actually winning hearts and minds are probably two very different things in reality, right? Talk us through some of the kind of steps you you took, if you don't mind, in terms of how you went about kind of doing that. I mean, I think, um, so I think quite a lot of it is showcasing the benefits. Um, I do think that when you're talking theoretically, it's really quite difficult. Um, Whereas I think when you really start to articulate um, actually, 
the difference that actually the platform allows you to do and really you know you know live demos and you know really simple articulate articulation of what the data lake is and what it does and what predictive modeling is and what it can do and the benefit they can drive um just really help pave that way and people start to get very excited we started to run um you know what is the data lake and what is predictive modeling sessions i mean in every session we get tons of questions and we'd sign up more people to join the data lake you know We'd have a handful of people pretty much from every session who would say, how do I get involved? How do I start utilising the data lake? And and even though, in all honesty, we've still... Um, we're still uh, got you know a lot of work to do on the data lake to actually make it tidy and more user friendly. Um, people are willing to go on that learning curve themselves. You know, so we've we've got um, over 150 users coding. Um, in SQL um, on the data lake or Python on the data lake, which I think for a, for an immature organisation that that had probably a handful five uh, three years ago um, is is actually quite an uh, amazing increase um, actually in the number of users that are involved. But I think definitely you know having showcasing the benefits and and the, the live demos have undoubtedly really helped us um, on that on that journey. Yeah, I think it's so important to kind of emphasize that and kind of re-emphasize that because I think, you know, a lot of a lot of these data analytics initiatives, they they get sometimes get stuck at the at the technology piece, right? As in terms of right, we've we've changed our platform, data is now more accessible, and we almost expect that because we've built it, they will come type of thing. Whereas obviously we know in reality that doesn't actually work that well so it's about trying to get that buy-in and get that adoption and make the users understand why why it's benef- you know it's beneficial to them because just you know just saying to them well you've got access now to data you didn't have before i imagine they'd be like great so what <laughs> you know that sounds like more work actually so it's um it's really interesting yeah. have, uh, could, could you like pinpoint in terms of your success then within this data transformation has there been something that you would kind of say is the biggest contributor to that? I think definitely, um, you know, obviously the enthusiasm from people around the organisation I've spoken about before, but um, I think some of the other things that we did that actually have really helped us move move us forward, or well, some things that we did and some things that just happened really, but um, one, one of the things that we've actively done is rec- we've recruited people who um, sit within the organisation who maybe um, they don't have... Um, uh, you know, really advanced data skills, but they have an awful lot of knowledge about systems and data within the organisation. Um, and bringing those um, uh, people into our team who've got years and years of Specsavers knowledge has been hugely powerful, actually, in helping us um, uh, actually build, um, you know, products um, and deliver projects that actually are creating that end value add. Um, it makes that a lot more seamless and, and easy to do. So I'd say um, we've, we've brought in a lot of people from wider organisations, not always into technical roles. Um, uh, they might be into product owners or um, data BAs um, and those sorts of roles, but they're, they're hugely beneficial um, and provided a huge amount of value and really helped the transformation. I think the second thing, which was completely out of our control, but has actually been hugely helpful from a data transformation perspective, is COVID. Um, and um, that, that's simply because, you know, we were in uh, an immature organisation, but actually when COVID hit, we moved into an organisation which actually needed to understand performance at a more granular level than they ever had before. Mm. And they needed to start to, opt- to optimise more. 
and um, they needed to automate tasks more than they ever did before. And these things have, have actually led to more and more people wanting to get involved and seeing the benefits that data can bring, which undoubtedly has led to greater enthusiasm in, in what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Now that makes uh, that makes perfect sense. I think the obviously the the stuff around the team building is is obviously a, a hot topic for for me in the line of work that that we do here. But um, so glad to hear you say about bringing domain experience, you know, business experience into the team, and then maybe non technical skills into the team because. Um, you know, one of my biggest bugbears and the thing that I harp on about on LinkedIn all the time is it's, you know, we're just in this space at the moment where it doesn't matter what level of role, what what the title is, you know, there's always uh, just a shopping list of technology requirements attached to every role. And when we're in this space where it's such a talent short space and there's so much value to be added with non-technical roles, yet so, so few organizations seem willing to kind of do that and, and approach it that that way can you just talk us through kind of why you made that decision if you may because i'd love to kind of try and get under the skin of you know what was the point where you thought actually you know we don't need 15 years of sql or python or you know whatever we, we just need someone that can do x was was there a kind of tipping point that made that decision a bit easier for you i suppose i suppose i'm a big believer in um it comes back to um, I suppose our core ambition is to create and maximise the potential of data and create, maximise the value that it brings to the organisation. And I'm a big believer in we will maximise that value by bringing technical expertise and business domain knowledge together. And that's why we're on the enablement journey. Um, we believe that by upskilling people with really, really in-depth domain knowledge with analytics capability, that's where we will see um, an increase that the value that data can bring. Um, that's why we're on that full enablement journey. But also when we're trying to showcase the benefits, actually having people with domain knowledge. I mean, we, we brought in a lot of, um, don't get me wrong, because the technical expertise is also really important. I don't believe you can have one without the other. I think nope. you need both. We brought in a lot of people with very good technical expertise, you know, really, really good, really knowledgeable around data science, um, very knowledgeable about data engineering. And we brought in those skills. But I think those skills paired with domain expertise is, is where you get your really great, powerful use cases. And you're able to unlock them more easily. And if you've got someone in your team who really understands all the supply chain systems, as an example, then you're not having to tap up the supply chain expertise all the time every minute. You've got that expertise who's able to actually deliver that work for you within your own team and you're able to become more autonomous. And so um, for me, it's a, it was a massive win, actually, when we started to um, pull people in with, with significant domain knowledge. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think the, the the bit that I love the most about that where you said, you know, you get your technical expertise and you get your business domain expertise and you pair them together. And I think that's going to be, needs to be the message, right? Because a lot of businesses go looking for both of those skills in one person. And obviously that's really difficult to find, like even more difficult to find than the technical expertise on their own or the domain expertise on their own. So that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, what would you say has been the biggest challenge throughout this journey, Helen? Um, so I think there's probably been a few. I think um, different d d balancing regional and local, mm. I think is 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 definitely is definitely a challenge. Um, and I think we're we're still. We're, I think I think it's a 
probably a never-ending challenge and quite a common one. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the the second one would probably be uh, getting rid of re- getting rid of legacy systems um, and transitioning out and, and getting data from legacy systems um, is, is definitely been an, uh, another challenge. Um, and and I would say the third, and this is partly because I think we've grown quite quite quickly and quite significantly, um, is just um, that constant awareness of um, maintaining your pace of delivery while also bringing in new people, upskilling them, um, you know, passing on um, knowledge throughout the team, um, and making sure that we're still um, keeping all the um, wheels turning at a good pace. I think is is definitely something that we're constantly aware of um, as a team. Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So I guess obviously it's been a real successful transformation and a journey that you're still on. And obviously that's going to continue to to grow and, and evolve. Back to our kind of earlier conversation around this kind of, I guess, incessant need now to be always be kind of um, proving ourselves and the value that, that we bring. Has there been a point in this journey where you've been able to kind of go back to the owners of the business and say, you know, okay, this work that we've done, that resu- that has resulted in X. Has that, has that kind of happened for you? Well, we haven't gone back as a programme and said, this is what we've delivered from the programme. But what we have got is, um, uh, I suppose, different projects that we've partnered with different parts of the organisation um, and the return on investments that they are driving in their own right. Um, so we were part of a, a, a global um, project within... Uh, marketing, um, where where it's that the aim was to um, really improve the CRM um, capability, and that there were lots of different elements to, to that project. Lots of them underpinned by data. Um, some of the end products were delivered by us. Some of them were delivered by marketing themselves. Um, but but there's 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 an awful lot of um, use cases within that program of work um, around the value add that it's that, that different parts of the different projects have delivered. Um, we've also We've also seen um, huge benefits from the clinical outcomes report and how that's been used, not just um, for clinicians, but also um, the, the wider impact that it's had actually on um, sharing that data with wider organisations like the NHS and Glucoma UK and helping to keep stores open for everybody um, across across the um, across the UK in future lockdowns. Um, so I think, um, yeah, we, we definitely see actually a huge amount of benefits. We haven't really had to package it all up into one. These are all the things that data are driving, if I'm honest. Um, but uh, but it's really great to see all of those coming to life. And I think that um, because of that, what we've got is um, a, quite a lot of enthusiasm from different teams within the organisation who really um, now are getting behind data and really seeing the value in it. Um, and and I think we've changed the perception in the organisation from when I first joined, as it is just sort of um, sitting sort of within technology to now, you know, the, the belief in the organisation is that it's a it's a core part of our longer term future, which is why we've had the move into into the, into the strategy team. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it sounds like just the culture of the business is really great because you get into, you know, you get, I see and hear so much of this, you know, now where it's all about, you know, trying to 
draw a line in the sand and put a tangible figure on X. And then, you know, when you're working in collaboration with another department and there's a big win, it's kind of like a squabble over who's actually contributed to what and, you know, all of this type of stuff. And it sounds like you've kind of mitigated a lot of those types of, of issues and kind of questions, which is which is really great to see. So, um, well, look, conscious of time, Ellen, and we'd look to start to, to kind of wrap this up, I guess. There's many data leaders out there that will be going through or about to embark upon a similar type of, of journey, not to say it's going to be the same size and scale, but you know, um, what, what kind of advice would you give other data leaders out there that are going to go on this journey? What are the kind of two or three things that you say, you know, this is what you need to be thinking about? Um, so I think the first, the first thing would be be patient. I think um, I do think that sometimes um, where as data as data professionals, we can maybe see that they're going to be a big value add in a certain area of the business. The business might not be ready to take that jump. And um, I, I do think that um, it makes more sense to actually wait until people are really, really with you. Um, and then you will deliver at a much faster pace and you will deliver a better end product. Um, that you can truly embed. So I do think there's an element. It's not always not always necessarily true, but I do think that at least considering whether or not you need you should be patient or or you need to push forward is definitely <laughs> something that's worthwhile. Um, I think the second the second one for me would be um, simplicity. So I'm a big believer. I, I mean, I'm a big believer in delivering minimal viable products and getting the value out for the least amount of effort. But I also I also think that sometimes within data we can get quite excited by the really advanced um, things that people can do with AI and, and machine learning. And actually, I think there is huge value, particularly in immature organizations, but that, that actually can drive a significant amount of um, value from really, really simple things. Um, and I think, you know, just single stats um, can, can unlock, you know, the, the most inordinate amount of value within an organization and I think they're they're the ones that you are kind of want to identify because they're the things that you you can deliver quickly and easily but deliver a lot of value um so so my my sort of advice would be search for them first uh before you before you fully optimize um sort of the nitty-gritty yeah um and and the third would be um showcase so um if, if you're finding it quite hard to um, sort of articulate the benefits, um, actually deliver a minimal, viable, a minimal viable product that actually really showcases and brings to life what, what you're trying to do in reality. Because I think that the power of actually showing someone what you mean is, is often, um, you know, so much more than, than um, trying to describe it. Um, and I think people um, can, you know, really get behind it a lot more when, you, when you're actually showcasing the benefits. Well, that's um, it's really great advice. What comes next for Specsavers then, Helen? What happens when you've kind of, you know, got there in quotation marks? Um, I think, uh, to be honest, our ultimate aim and ambitions, I suppose, haven't really changed. Um, so we were sort of on a, on a journey to, I suppose, create a solid platform, um, uh, enable everybody across the organization um, and simultaneously delivering value. But we do have um, sort of uh, this idea of core goals. And I suppose our, our ultimate goal um, is that everyone in the organization is able to um, articulate their own data story. Um, so a story of how data helps them in their lives uh, as, as a colleague in terms of making their jobs easier or 
um, helps improve customer experience, um, uh, whatever it does for them, um, because we obviously want everybody to be using data more um, and creating value from it. So we have this notion of data stories, um, but we also believe that I suppose underneath that, to allow people to create their own data stories, we need to be a fantastic place to work in data. And I'm not just talking about us as a global team, I'm talking about us as an organization, um, a, a fantastic place, a fantastic organization to work within data. We recognize that people need to be able to get their hands on data and answer common questions in, in minutes. Um, so sort of leveraging that capability. And the third is that um, getting to the action of data, which is which is ultimately where the value comes from, right? Because if you don't do anything with the information, then, then it's not valuable. Um, that, that, that route to action needs to be effortless. Um, and so we sort of focus on those on those elements, if you like, to try and leverage, I suppose, our ultimate ambition, um, which is that everyone has a data story. Nice. Perfect. Well, what a conversation, uh, Helen. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure to, to kind of have you on and to kind of share your, your story and your journey. I guess if uh, the people out there listening that would like to pick your brain on anything they've heard today, what's the best way for them to, to reach out to you? Um, it's probably LinkedIn, to be honest. Fine. No, look, the global platform that where everyone communicates. That's um, that's absolutely fine. Well, look, Helen, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the rest of the journey unfolds for you. Thank you very much for having me. It's really great to have a conversation. That's it for this episode of Driven by Data, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week speaking with another thought leader from the world of data and analytics. Until then. Please follow Orbition Group on social media if you've not already done so, where you'll be able to subscribe and therefore be made aware of the podcasts as they arrive. And please share, like, and leave reviews so that more people from our industry get to hear and benefit from these two. If you've got any questions or you want to suggest ideas for topics or potential guests, then please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week. Bow, 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 bow,